I always love when Marty preaches because she brings uh, a passion for what she wants to talk about, and she brings scripture, and she just brings the anointing just being her. So let's give Marty a round of applause. Thank you, Marty. Thank you, David. Hello, friends. I looked around, and I'm like, why do I get nervous? I know everybody here. (laughs) Well, not quite. But anyway, so those of you I don't know, hello, I'm Marty, and it's good to be here. So, Lord, we just thank you for your anointing and your presence today. And, Father, I just ask that you will direct me and help me to speak those things that you want me to. Hallelujah. So, you know, uh, my friend Sherry told me about, she said, Marty, have you heard about this revival in Asbury? And... uh, I said, no, I hadn't heard about it. So within a day, I heard from a friend in Nicaragua sent me a link. There's a revival going on. A friend in Costa Rica sent me a link. Two people from Florida sent me a link that there's revival going on. Why? Because they know I love revival. So I grew up in revival. Well, before I was even born, I think, because my dad and my mom would go to the Uh, 50s, 40s and 50s healing revival. And my dad used to tell me stories about it, how that he would, one time he had to ride in the floorboard of the car with everybody's feet on him just so he could fit in the car to go. And they would drive hours to go to these meetings. So why? Why do people want revival? Well, I know in my own life, It's because of the change that God has done in my life through the many moves of God and the encounters and the anointing that I have been exposed to. And so I want to read a scripture, Isaiah 64, 1 through 3, and I gave David the wrong one. So did you get it? Okay. Uh, Duncan Campbell read this. Okay, David, help me with my pronunciation. Hebrides. Hebrides, I was saying Hebrides. I said, well, that's just my southern coming out. So, oh, that thou would rend the heavens, that you would come down, that the mountains might flow down at your presence. (laughs) As when the melting fire burns, the fire causes the water to boil. That's happened to me a few times. To make thy name known to thine adversaries, that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did terrible things, now this terrible things, I looked it up and it meant fear of God kind of things. Fear of God, things that we look not for. You came down, the mountains flowed down at your presence. I don't know about you, but I kind of want more of that. How many of us want more of that? Hallelujah. Praise God. And so... Somebody mentioned about the Asbury, uh, they said it was wider and deeper than anything they had ever experienced. Now, we're in a place in our country right now where we need a move of God. And um, I went and watched the the Jesus Revolution movie yesterday because I was going to preach on revival. I thought, well, somebody mentioned it, so I said, I'm going to go see it. It was good. I bawled through about half of it. Because of what God did at that time. Think about the 60s when this was going on. 
This was a time of rebellion. This was a time of people opting out. This was a time when people were starting doing drugs. This was free love. There was all kinds of things, kind of like today a little bit. And the Lord convicted me because, let's just face it, sometimes people that are on a different, uh, how shall I put this politically correctly, um, that they don't agree or believe what we believe. So sometimes we're just like, eh, you know, well, maybe that's just me. But the Lord said, Marty, if I could do it with these uh, kids that were opting out, that were on drugs, that were having this free uh, love thing going on, why can't I do it now among these people that are searching for me so desperately? And so as a church, you know, we do evangelism. Thank God we do evangelism and we reach out. But I have seen God move on people that were so lost and so gone whenever the Spirit of God comes upon them. I talk about uh, President Dempsey. He's the president, uh, the national board president in Nicaragua. He told me one day out of the clear, he said, yeah, I was a, I was a crack addict. And I'm like, you were? He said, yes, but we had a move of God in Orinoco. A move of God about the time of Toronto. A move of God. Now, I love revival. Now, I do agree with Pastor Dan. We need to be in personal revival all the time. And I try to do that. But when you've experienced sovereign moves of God with that anointing that just is so precious, you don't want to leave. You don't want to leave. You want to stay in that anointing. You want to seek his face. You want to draw near to him. Now, what is, what is the purpose for revival and what does it do? Well, in my own life, God did so many things for me. I've been blessed. Uh, David doesn't like me to talk about my age because um, he says I'm not old. But I've been around a while. So I've been in quite a few moves of God. And so uh, before I was born, like I said, my dad and mom were going to the, uh, to the 40s and 50s healing. My father told me that healing was so easy anybody could do it. Anybody could move in healing at that time because of the anointing that was coming in to the places because of, of the people. It, it was in the streets, too. It didn't matter. There was just that move of God. And um, that's where my father was so inspired by T.L. Osborne and, and Oral Roberts. He was just a young minister. He came back from those meetings and put up a tent in Lake Wales, where I grew up, a little spot in the road with about 8,000 people. And he put up a sign that said, blind eyes open, deaf ears open. <laughs> and on the second night of the revival, he had a blind eye opened. A blind eye opened, a family that was not Pentecostal or charismatic and whatever. This was before the, charis the charismatic move way back. And this girl saw the sign, and she was blind in one eye, and she said, we're going to go to that meeting. So they came in kind of a little bit, you know, scared, because they didn't know. They weren't used to this kind of craziness, and uh, God healed her. 
All the way home, she covered her good eye in red with the blind eye. So I grew up hearing about healing in a move of God. Hallelujah. Anyway, so my dad ended up going to Japan, Cuba, and Nicaragua, and he had signs and wonders. Baby in Orinoco was raised from the dead. And I think I've told that story before. Daddy said he was glad he didn't realize the baby was dead when he prayed for it. <laughs> and, uh, and then there were other things. So then I was blessed to be in move of God in our church. I love to be there. Now, Pastor Dan and I, thank you, Mary. Start crying, my nose starts running. So Pastor Dan and I were talking a little bit last night that revival doesn't mean that it has to be every night services because there were times when God moved with Kenneth Hagin. It was two weeks of his teaching that impacted our entire area in Lakeland. But I went to Carl Strader's church, so we were just in continuous, always having wonderful people that were fired up with God. And I remember Brother Hagen talking about the fact that he prayed for hours before that move in the 40s and 50s, that God would move, that he would find himself on his knees praying and praying and interceding. So I will say the first thing I want to say about revival is that as far as I can determine, it's usually started by prayer. Because we begin to say, Lord, move, come, come down. Rend the heavens. Come down, Lord. We want you to move in our midst. It's not about, you know, just religiosity because none of us want to be that way. We want to be filled with the Spirit. We want to be uh, on our faces before him. So, the, so, so far I've mentioned healing and I've mentioned um, the faith, word of faith. That was really a powerful time to learn about moving in faith. And then the first revival that I remember when I was 10 years old, and I've mentioned this before, I was saved. I don't know if I was saved before. I, I don't remember. But I know that night that I was filled with the Spirit and that I have been praying in tongues almost every day since then. So that was... Oh, my goodness, 63 years ago. All right. So (laughs) that's a lot of tongues. (laughs) Anyway, so the thing that my dad was talking about, the healing was everywhere. This is what happens when there's a real move of God. It, it, there's just this sense. There's this tangible anointing. Anyway... Um, Oh, plus I was baptized in water because I wanted to make a commitment. So those are the things that happened to me in my first revival, being filled with the Spirit and getting baptized. I never wanted to miss a service, haha. So then in the 60s and 70s, the Jesus movement came in and the charismatic move. I was not a hippie and I was not on drugs. I was in Bible school. But I knew about the Jesus movement, but I was impacted more by the charismatic move. And I went to every meeting that they had. You know why? I loved how they flowed in the gifts of the Spirit. I loved how they waited on the Lord. I went to a Baptist charismatic church in Mobile when I lived there, and I even picked up a little bit of Mobile accent while I was there. And 
this this Baptist church was flowing in the spirit with the, somebody from the congregation would raise a song and everybody else would start to sing and then sing it a few times and then there would be just this lull and then somebody else would raise a song. I loved that church and I went there that entire summer. And so when when there's revival, people become God conscious. We just want to be in his presence. We want to be around him. And we just long, you know, whenever we got, we got hit with the move of God uh, in 95. And uh, Ray would come home from the church and taking the kids to school and whatever. And he would come in and I'd be lying on my bed just soaking in his presence. And I'd feel guilty, you know, that I hadn't washed the dishes or something. And he'd walk in the room and I'd be like, I'm praying, honey. I'm praying, I'm praying. (laughs) Because that anointing, I didn't want to get out of it. I just wanted to be there in that place of his presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So um, we need to desire more of God. So as I was asking the Lord about this message, I actually started to speak about listening because I'm teaching a prophetic class every Sunday after church to let anybody know. Um, and I just, I felt like there was no fire on it. And I said, Lord, what is it that's on my heart right now? What is it that, that is in the air? And he said, it's revival in the air. We used to sing a little song. I'm not going to sing it. It's okay. Jeremiah can, but I don't have much voice anymore. But there's revival in the air today. There's revival in the air today. Hallelujah. Do you want revival to be in the air today? One of the things about the move that came to our church, and as I said, stuff starts with prayer. I knew there was more than what we were experiencing in our church. So I had a heart's desire for it. I had seen it. Once you've been exposed, you just can't get enough. Once you're exposed to that move, you just, you just want that. You want that deeper and wider thing. You want more of his presence. And so I was crying out to the Lord. I mentioned this before that I think God moves when I pray for four hours. That seems to be. I've done that three or four or five times in my life where I've prayed in the spirit for four hours. I was so burnt out. I loved what we were doing But we were working with refugees, very poor people. Financially, as missionaries, we were pretty strapped. And um, just a lot of things. And I went to the Lord. And I myself, I felt dried up. I felt unable to really uh, press in with God the way I wanted. So I knew that it was a miracle. And that night I prayed for four hours, bless Ray's heart. He kept the kids and let me pray. And somebody invited me to go to Dallas Catch the Fire. And the whole thing started from there with the move of God in our church. Now here's what I liked about this move. Even our children were touched. You talk to them now. Every one of my kids were touched by a move of God. And it started from that revival. And they were filled with the Spirit. And they were baptized in water. And I don't know about you, but it's important to me that my children are following after God. 
And when you, if you ask them, they will tell you that it is that personal encounter with the presence of God. Now, if we're not in a, a, a district revival or even a citywide revival, we still need those personal encounters. We still need those on our face before God when we touch the Lord and he touches us. So just to let you know, there are some scriptures about this. My father-in-law gets up, and he, re- would, well, he would read a scripture, and then he would preach what he wanted. <laughs> but I do have some scriptures. <laughs> Acts chapter 3, verse 9. It says, Repent ye therefore, and be converted, <clears throat> that your sins may be blotted out when... The times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And I'm going to Mary and David's Wednesday night class, and we're studying Acts in this scripture. I've always loved it, but it just jumped out at me again. Those times of refreshing. And one of the things that we find in revival is repentance and sins being blotted out. God wants to send these times of refreshing from the Lord because he loves us. He loves us. You know, whenever a child gets really dirty, the parent takes that child and goes and refreshes them in the bathtub and cleans off all that mud and dirt and whatever else that they've gotten into. Why? Because you know they need to be refreshed. They need to be washed off. They need to be cleaned up. And so God wants to do this to us. He desires to pour out his spirit upon us. Now, I remember we had a move in Holly Street before we moved into this building, and I loved it. I loved it. It was, it was a healing revival, and it was powerful. It was powerful. And um, I remember myself, one of the things that I received out of that meeting, besides being on one of the prayer teams that I was able to pray for people, And I love to soak people and saturate people in that presence of God. But I uh, I prayed for a young woman that had had a stroke, and she was completely paralyzed on one side. And the Lord, a friend had asked me if I would pray for her. And when I said, as soon as they release us for prayer ministry, and whenever I began praying for her, that a spirit of God came down and she was healed. And I had never, I have seen healings, but this was one of the most amazing things because of that, of that presence of God that was there. Now, a lot of people say that they've learned a lot through suffering. Maybe it's because I don't like suffering, but I prefer revival over suffering. <laughs> Because of revival, you know, people say, oh, I've been so changed through this suffering. Well, I've been changed through revival. (laughs) I've been sanctified through the move of God. I've been anointed and blessed, and I've grown through the power of God, the presence of God. When you hang around the throne, you hang around his presence. Believe me, if you're open, you'll get changed. You'll get changed. I've had spiritual growth, a closer walk with God, a continuing sense of his presence. During that three years that we had this move in our church, it was easy to get people filled with the spirit, which, believe me, it never is down there. I don't know why. A lot of generational things or 
whatever. But it was easy to get filled, people filled with the Spirit. Uh, the Lord cleansed me from attitudes and fears, gave me boldness, helped me learn to hear his voice. All of these things through being in his presence and in his anointing. Now, we are in his presence. We were in his presence today with the worship. We can enter in any time into that place. Last night, Bob was doing worship, and both uh, Sherry and I sensed angels came in, and the Lord spoke to me, and I wrote it down on my paper. It's on one of my papers. I could show it to you. And it said, Revival Angels. <laughs> Woo! Revival Angels. And I don't, I think they go before, and I think they come after, you know? They go before the revival and they come when revival is happening. And so they, because they love to be there when the spirit of God is moving. So hallelujah. Sherry and I were talking last night about a time when we went to the healing rooms. And I wasn't even a member at the time of healing rooms. But you, they said, we're having a conference and Heidi Baker's going to be there. And I said, I'm going. Okay. So I will say this. I'm a God chaser, and I'm a greedy gut, you know, and you have to get filled up to give out. You have to be filled with something before you have something to give out. And so anybody that's moving in the move, uh, Bill Johnson used to say he would run people over to get up to the anointing. So that, you know, that kind of gives me permission to do that. So... The thing about true revival is God, man can't make it happen. We can put in all the structures, but it's not going to happen. Now, we have the ability here and the possibility here because we worship God and we enter into his presence and we want the spirit of the Lord to come. So we're very fertile ground right here for God to move even deeper. And I know Brenda in the prayer meetings on Thursday, we always pray for more. We always pray for deeper. So I want to encourage you to get into prayer meetings. We do a prayer meeting before church. There's a Wednesday prayer meeting with uh, Mary Raymond. There's a Thursday prayer meeting at 10 o'clock in the prayer room with Brenda. And God wants us to begin to pray. But God, because he wants to pour out his mercy and grace, God loves uh, a contrite and humble spirit. Real revival is that. Real revival. We come before him and we, we humble ourselves before him. And he reveals himself unto us. So if we can go to, hallelujah, uh, another scripture just so I can prove I'm being scriptural here. Psalm 85, 6 through 13 says, will you not revive us again? <laughs> will you not? Revive us again. Will you not revive us again, O oh Lord? Our country needs it. We need it. <laughs> we need it. Not, not for self-gratification. I know there are some people that, that they use revival that way. But it's for, it's for us to get in what God is doing so that we can do what God is doing. It, it's for people to come into the kingdom. That's why I was crying uh, watching the movie because of all those young people coming into salvation. 
which is one of the primary things of revival. Salvation. And then I remember one of the first times that I was in the Brownsville revival. I was in Dallas, and uh, they were there, and also the Toronto Blessing. And so we went first to the Brownsville. And I remember when they made the altar call, there were so many people. They flooded the, They flooded this huge area where we were. Just they kept coming. They kept coming. They kept coming. And I'm just standing up there bawling and bawling and bawling because of all the people that are coming for salvation. We want God to move because the harvest needs to come in. We want God to move to reach people that might not be reached otherwise. We need this. We need this. He wants us. He desires to blot out our sins. He wants to bless our land. He wants there to be glory in the land. <laughs> Will you not revive us that your people may rejoice in you? <laughs> Show us your mercy, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. And it says, I will hear what the Lord will speak. He will speak peace unto his people and to his saints. God wants to speak peace to us in the midst of a non-peaceful world. We need to walk in peace because what God is doing. Surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him, that glory may dwell in the land. I tell you, I walked around for those three years that the move of God was in our church, and I just felt, I called it the dew of heaven, on me. And then when I would press in and soak and pray in the spirit and seek the Lord and worship, it would become heavy upon me. Now, not just for my benefit, but during that time, I moved in boldness. During that time, we moved in healing. During that time, we saw God do great and mighty things in our not very big church in Costa Rica. We saw God break through in people's lives. And it was something that, believe me, it was wonderful to see my children weeping and seeking God and laughing and crying around the altar with everybody else. And we had a, a fellow church in the town, and we, they would come and visit us. And we, had, we did have special meetings sometimes. But most of the time, we just did our regular prayer meetings, and they would end up, there were times when we would be in our prayer meeting, and the Spirit of the Lord would come in so strongly and Ray would say, it's to come in and say, it's time to, if he wasn't in there, he'd say, it's time to start church. And I said, honey, we've already started church. We've already started church. I remember one time that the anointing was so strong, we couldn't leave the prayer meeting. And uh, we didn't have as many people as here because it's a little hard to put us all in that prayer room. So we just need to bring it out, you know. Not, we took everybody in the prayer room that night. Praise God. So before Ray and I moved to Oregon from Costa Rica, we were in a prayer meeting, and I saw flames coming down from western Canada through Washington into Oregon and California. So I've always believed. We came in 2003, and we've had, we've had some powerful moves of God. And I've always believed that God was going to do a work on the west coast and the other day somebody said they said marty is hard on the west coast (laughs) and i said god's gonna move here 
God's going to move here. God's going to move here. I believe that. I believe that. Because we want salvation, right? We want people filled with the Spirit even more. We desire for there to be sanctification. We desire for there to be humble heart, humble hearts. We desire. And here's the thing that, you know, we can't do it, but we can sure pray for it. And there's people praying in this church right now. We have a choice today. We have a choice to look at our culture, our government, and everything that's going on and getting discouraged. And I'm sorry to confess that sometimes I do, okay? And then I have to turn and look at the Lord. There has been a mighty move of God prophesied by many of God's very good prophets like Smith Wigglesworth and and, uh, Kenneth Hagin and others that I, I don't have named right now but that God was going to pour out a spirit. We know that. God's already said it. God is going to pour out of his spirit and bring an end-time revival. And I think that's why so many people were so excited with this little Ashbury College in a town of only 6,000. There was so many people going they couldn't even handle it. Why? Because everybody is hungry. Everybody is hungry. Even the people we look that at that we it seems like their lifestyle is so perverse. They're searching for something. Why not be God? They really are. They just don't know it. And so this is what God is doing. This is what God is doing. Hallelujah. Isaiah 44 and 3. I will pour water upon him that is thirsty. I will pour floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your seed and my blessings upon your offspring. I have experienced revival myself, but I want my children to experience revival, my grandchildren to experience revival. I want everybody to have the opportunity to experience that move of God that takes us out of ourselves and puts us right in front of him. He cleanses us. He purifies us. You know, it's, it, I, I cried for six months after Toronto. Just repentance, not in a negative sense, but a sense of cleansing of things, getting rid of things in my life, getting rid of attitudes, And uh, allowing the Holy Spirit just to fill me afresh. To fill me afresh. Hallelujah. 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 Takes the supernatural to break the bonds of the natural. There there are people in our church that are hurting. There There are people that are in need. And we want to see them set free. And sometimes we try with everything that is within us. And it seems like that we're not seeing the move of God there. And that's because we need the supernatural to break the bonds of the natural. And I may have said this. If I said it before, I can't. I preached last night too, so um, I may have said it, but my brother David, because I was talking to him about somebody that did well when he was around people that were really serving God. My brother said, some people seem to be only able to serve God 
in the heat of revival. Well, if that's true, then we need that heat of revival so they can get in it and get strong and get renewed and get to the place where they can serve God whenever there isn't revival. But as Pastor Dan says, we need that revival all the time. We need to be living that revival. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy, holy, holy. Hallelujah. It's time for me to stop. Hallelujah. But I just want to say that another thing that's in revival is holiness. You're just overwhelmed by his holiness. The terribleness. (laughs) The, The holiness. So, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. This is a hungry people here. We love you. We love you. We worship you. This is a good church, God. And but we want more of your presence and anointing. We want more of the supernatural. We want your holiness, Lord. And in Jesus' name, amen. I asked Dan if I could say a couple things. Um, you know, if you see videos, pictures of revival, the front is always filled. People are just up in the front, and every song is, is electrified, and people are electrified. Well, I know in this church, when I look around during worship, people are worshiping. Clear to the back, you guys are lost in the presence of the Lord. I love that about this church. But I just want to say, as humbly as I can, maybe some of you would would like to come forward in the front. Sometimes Bonnie and I are up here. Uh, Su- Susie dances around. You know, Susie's so cute. She dances like this. She's so cute. Um, um, your, mo- your grandma. Your mother. Um, and Bonnie says, I wish more people would come up front. You know, Kevin will come up and pray at the altar. Stacy. Stacy will sometimes... Milam will come and would sit up here, and I just go and sit by her and say, "Stacy, I just, I love it when you come up and just sit. Just you, just sit here. I, I want to sit here because you're sitting here. <laughs> I want to just sit by you. Or sometimes I just want to go up by Kevin. Anyway, you don't have to come up here for a revival to touch everyone, but if you want to, that's an invitation because sometimes it's kind of fun up here. It's kind of exciting, and it's. There's, a, there's an anointing that kind of splashes right off, you know, from the worship team. So I just want to say that. Maybe some of you need a little nudge. Come up here. Maybe you want to do, you know, dance a little bit. It won't hurt you. It'll just be fun. So that, you are welcome. And it might, might, might help the revival. There's Stacy. There's my little Stacy. <laughs> Let's stand up. And can we have... Alyssa, can you come up and and with whoever of the worship team can come up and play something? I, I want to have an altar call tonight or this afternoon. Is it still morning? <laughs> we'll have a pause until afternoon. Um, here's what I want. Here's the appeal today for you to come forward. Not to try to make something happen. We're not, I'm not trying to make something happen. Marty's not trying to make something happen. Brenda's not. No one's trying to make something happen. But if you'd like to say to God, 
You know what? I'm open. I'm really open. I want to I say to you I'm open. I'm open for you to do something. For you to do something. For you to make something happen. More deeply in me. More deeply in our church. More deeply in our city. You know, someone said revival is more caught than taught. But even that statement is a taught. So it's a little bit of a paradox there. I like to say revival is caught and taught. Caught and taught. But you know, uh, as, as we worship right now, we're going to officially close the meeting. But I think that there are some people here today that would like to say, you want to say to God, you know what, I, I'm really, I'd really like you to do something. I'm not trying to make it happen. I just want you, but I, I, I do want to sort of ask you to do something. I'd like you to come forward right now. Just come forward right now. If you'd like to say to God, I just want you to know I'm open. I'm feeling stirred. I, I, I wouldn't mind what happened in the Asbury College happening in me. With my friends and my family. Now, if, if you leave now and drive in your car and go off, we're not saying that you're not seeking God or not into revival. I'm not, we're not saying that. But I just feel like we ought to. Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing, and we want to be that kind of people, don't we? We want to do what God's doing, and that's what God's doing today. So as we worship right now, will you start praying, pray in the spirit, pray in tongues. If you've never prayed in tongues, go ahead and try it. God will intercept anything you, any noise you make, and he'll turn it into a language of praise and petition and intercession. As the music's going right now, will you call on him for a personal revival? Will you call on him for revival? at New Song Church and Revival in USA. That God will bless the Asbury College Revival. That God will cause it, the spread of the Revival to other colleges that it's already happening. That God will increase it. He'll pour fuel on that fire. We just start calling and let there be a sound of prayer, humble prayer. A sound of many waters right now. Can we do that? You have to open your mouth to make that happen. Open your mouth and start calling on him, whether you've never, whether you've ever done it or not. Tell God what you want. Let your heart cry out to him for what you want to see him do. Oh God. Pour your spirit out, oh God. Pour your spirit. I want to hear the sound. I want to hear the sound of many waters. I want to hear the sound of voices right now. Not trying to make anything happen, but we're saying, God, we want you to make something happen. Deeper. Deeper than ever. The beauty of holiness. God, you do something. God, you do something mighty. You do something glorious. You do something wonderful. 
You do something in our children and grandchildren. You do something in people that have never darkened the doorstep of a church before. You give us another Jesus movement. You give us another great awakening. Do something mighty, oh Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I like several people to come up and, and call on God with 30 second prayers even as we have the sound of many waters going on right now. Stacy come up and come up here. We want to keep them kind of short because we want lots of different leaders and people that our hearts are stirred. Even as we're all calling on God, let's let's have these verbalized as well. 30-second prayers calling on God. Just keep this keep the music going and keep that prayer petitioning going. Father, I just call down a spirit of worship to just fall upon the people, that it just flood the land, that every sound, every voice would reverberate on the sound waves of heaven, and that we are caught in between heaven coming down to earth, that we are meeting you right in the middle as you're rending the heavens, that we are rending the heavens, and that there's a great shift that will take place that there's an atmospheric earthquake that will take place.
I just feel there's so many parents out there that are just crying out for something, something to help them with their children. They feel like their children are so lost now. I pray, Father, that you will touch each and every parent across this nation that's longing for their children, something different for their children. Touch them, Lord. Just fill them, fill them with knowledge, knowledge of you and knowledge to pass on to their children, to draw them to you and to bless them. Bless them, Father, in Jesus' name. Father, you just have a way of coming and leaving us to the place where we want more. We want more, Lord. We want more of you, Jesus. More of your presence. Bring us into a place of times of refreshing that only can come from your spirit. That only can come from presence. We invite you. We invite in your presence, your power, your purpose for our lives, for our church, for our town, for our community, for our city, for our state, for our country. We desire you, Lord. We need you. Oh, God, we've been praying for revival for so many years, Lord. And we mean it. We are are hungry for all you've got. And you are an infinite God, and you've got a lot to give. So, Lord, if you're stirring revival in America, we don't want to miss it. We don't want to miss it. We want it here, Lord. All you've got, pour it out here, Lord. Whatever you're doing, wherever your breath is blowing, we want it, Lord. We want to jump in, Lord. Thank you, God. Let it be fun. Let it be easy. Let it be awesome. Let it be refreshing. Thank you, God. Stir it up. In Psalm 119. Let us all come boldly to your throne that we may lay down an offering of our free will that you may work through us and we may be able to say it is no longer that we live but it is Christ that lives in us to release your revival, Lord. Thank you. in my heart that this is a revival of laughter. He's going to bring it forth because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And he wants you to start listening to him laugh because those mountains that stood in your way are going to crumble down when you laugh at them. Those, you know, the problems you've had, he's going to give you a perspective that are going to cause you to overcome them by laughing. 
So he wants you to laugh in the face of Satan and what he's done because he has overcome. And the strength that he's going to give you is joy. So be aware of that. Be of good cheer, Jesus said. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Be of good cheer. So when I was I was in the prayer room before church, and I and I keep getting visuals when I'm in there too, and we're when we're in prayer. And today, like this this morning, I was seeing a big swirl above the church. It was like it was almost like I, I felt portal in my heart, and it was swirling like this. It was water it was swirling above the church like this. And then it got to about a point, a certain point, and then it started dumping out over the church and into the building. So I do know, I believe that's an outpouring right now, that God is doing an outpouring. Put your hands out like this in a receiving mode. We pray, oh God, that every moment, this very moment, will be filled with your outpouring. And that every moment moving forward would be filled with your outpouring. God, we're ending this time together with a comma, not a period or an exclamation point, because we acknowledge and affirm that we want moving forward to be a community of continual expectation, anticipation, and response to what you're doing in the moment. Again, we're not trying to make anything happen. But we want, we're very, very inviting of you making something happen. And we expect it, actually. We, we expect it. We believe for it. We believe for it. My father, little children, it's the father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's the father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's the father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, little children. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. We love you. God loves you. Let's get after this revival. Amen.